0: Oh hello there, my good friends. Welcome to the Brutally Honest Podcast. I'm your host, Harrison Barron, and today Nah. Just I'm gonna do that at the end. I just I'm feeling it. By the way, when you are doing when I'm on the microphone by myself, I just maybe it's just a little weird, but I enjoy the enjoy the sound of my voice. Anyway. Welcome to the Brutally Honest Podcast. Um, go check out the website, put a lot of work into it, um, and you can do a bunch of stuff from there, brutallyhonestpodcast.com, um, from there, I'm gonna move right into the giveaway, the Draft Top is going, is still going strong for a couple more days, the ultimate beer drinking tool, it cuts off the inner ring of the, the beer can, so there is no, um, so there's no sharp edges for when you're drinking out, it basically converts a, a beer can into a pint glass, um, pretty... Super cool concept, um, and they're doing they're sponsoring a giveaway. So, if you're interested in in getting a hold of it, brutallyhonestpodcast.com, dot under extras, you can go there and you can um, you can click on the link to enter in for your chance to win. Right after that, uh, I want to say a special thank you to the Nerds That Care. Nerds That Care was plugged like a dozen times tonight um, because the field works so hand in hand with what adam the guest was doing um so it was actually really cool and we've actually used some of his products as well here at the nerds so to know that you know his stuff is legit yes it is 100 percent legit we've tested it it works and it's super cool that his stuff you know access control when you're trying to restrict somebody um from getting in in a certain area or you are trying to work with the latest and greatest technology. That's what the Nerds of Care is doing. They are working on constantly trying to get the latest and greatest technology for your company. Um, basically, what some of their, their strong points are is you know, security. Security is huge with technology. Knowing when when people are going in and out of the doors. Backups. Uh, making sure your information safe if there is a natural disaster or there is a disaster in the office. And encryption you know if there is a device that leaves the premise is it going to be protected and how is it going to be protected is it going to wipe the computer you know these are all things that a business owner needs to take into account or somebody that has sensitive data and so one of the other things that i touch on a lot is a lot of these people if you're buying both of those you might have you probably have employees and you got to make sure that your employees are running to an optimal level and help desk support and a third party it like nerds that care is there to do that to make sure that you're running at optimal levels to make sure that you are constantly on the up and up and you're you're getting the most productivity out of your employees so that's what the nerds that care does thank you so much for sponsoring and my guest tonight is a gentleman by the name of um adam messina and he owns a company called ThinkReps. He goes over exactly what it all does. Super cool conversation. Super heavy in technology. Dude, just completely awesome. Um, love the shit out of him. And he, like, what he does is like kind of what we do, but like on steroids and like not really. Uh, it's kind of weird to explain. But he's super involved in technology and, and the latest and greatest. So, uh, without any further ado, please welcome Adam Messina. what's up brother man how
1: are you what's going on man thanks for having me
0: hey anytime man thanks for coming down enjoying some time in the studio so i know that you've you've i don't want to say recently because you've been around for a couple years now but think reps yes sir how did you get into that because that's a super interesting concept that
1: most people have never even thought about i would say yeah i would say the average kid doesn't grow up and decide he wants to start a manufacturer's rep firm it's probably not the highest (laughs) find out the highest thing on on people's list i worked in the security industry, basically, my whole life, uh, whole professional life anyway, uh, started working for a manufacturer when I was an undergrad in college, Okay, and it just kind of progressed from there. It's the kind of industry that, you know, once you get... I, I'm sure most industries are that way, but once you get in, yeah. you, you yeah. know, it's uh, hard to get out, uh-huh. and, you know, kind of progressed my way through the industry. I worked for a rep firm years mm-hmm. ago called ID Sales and Associates, and uh, progressed from there. I worked for a couple of manufacturers, was ultimately working for a really big manufacturer and covering northeast and oh, wow. kind of got promoted my way into a role that was boring. Mm. Where I was basically sitting around doing sales forecasts every day and that's really oh. not something I wanted to do. Yeah. So I decided to start a rep firm. I called my old boss from ID Sales and said, "Hey man, I'm going to I'm going to start out on my own. What do you think?" And he said, "Well, if you're going to go for yours, then I'll fold my place up and come work for you and we started Holy Think Reps. Christ. Yeah. And it was just, all right, you know, that's it? And no. That was it. I, I had taken, I had left the big fir- company that I worked for to go work for an integrator, mm-hmm. uh, an alarm company in, in New York City. And that just wasn't really a good fit. And when I left, I had a severance package from them. And I said, you know what? I'm going to use this mm-hmm. to help fund the business. And I sold my house and went all Damn, in. And, that's and, no uh, joke. To give myself the runway. And here we go. So we're, we're going on, uh, coming up on two years. Nice, man. Congratulations. Yeah, no, it's starting, starting to work out. Good stuff.
0: Now, how does that whole thing like work? Because I would assume the general or the – I don't want to say the general, but I guess the average person probably has no idea how a company like yours even operates, gets paid, all that process.
1: Sure. I generally have an idea because obviously I've worked with you, but – Sure. So, yeah. So – typically what happens is you pitch yourself to a manufacturer and mm-hmm. if they if they like you and they want to do business with you you get a defined geographic territory mm-hmm. so in our instance for most of our manufacturers we represent New York New Jersey metro which typically consists of like Toms River New Jersey up mm-hmm. and then uh, New York Typically up to like the Poughkeepsie area. Okay. Then obviously the city, the boroughs, Long mm-hmm. Island. So that's a typical territory for us. There's exceptions made here and there depending on manufacturers and what other coverage they have. But so now you're within that defined territory and you are a commissioned salesperson mm-hmm. that exclusively sells that product in that territory and you get paid on anything that sells. Damn. And that's it. You're just the only guy out there. Typically, there are occasions where there's there's more than one rep in a territory, uh-huh. but the ideal situation is it's a it's a single firm per geography, uh-huh. and you go out there and you're raising awareness of the product, you're doing marketing, you're doing trade. And shows. you don't get a salary, right? It's no. just straight commission. One hundred percent commissions typically in the five to ten percent range. Okay. So it's a it's a low margin yeah. business, but it's also a relatively low barrier to entry. I didn't yeah. have to invest. Yeah, and it's super low dollars. risk. Uh, yeah, well, there's opportunity. There's opportunity risk. I would say yeah. you know, you're not, you know, once you quit your job and <laughs> sell your house and and you're out there grinding trying to make a living. Yeah, I would say there's risk there. But yeah, to your point, I didn't have to buy a million dollar building. I didn't have to buy a bunch of trucks. I don't have to yeah. pay a bunch of technicians. So it's essentially myself, uh, one of my teammates, Ivan, and uh, I have a woman, Monique, with me that does uh, does a great job with marketing mm-hmm. and, and PR and that kind of stuff. And that's it. It's pretty. It's pretty uh, tight organization <laughs> yeah
0: no absolutely now is there a, obviously you go well you go shopping for products to sell sure well and i'm i know that you went to the trade show but the people that are listening don't so when you go to a trade show what are you looking for as far as like when you see a manufacturer and stuff like that
1: yeah so there's a couple of things that we look for you know obviously firms that are smaller in size typically larger firms have already reached kind of the point where they have all their own direct salespeople, okay, and and that's that, that happens most typically in our industry where smaller firms that are just getting started trying to build traction in the territory mm-hmm. they'll go to rep firms because it's a less expensive model for them to build their sales channel mm-hmm. uh, it's a lot cheaper to hire us at 5 to 10 percent or whatever the percentages are mm-hmm. uh, versus hiring somebody or multiple people paying salaries paying vacation yeah. time paying 401k paying all these types of benefits that they don't have to pay us yeah. so we Essentially, sign a contract with them, and we get 5%, 10%, whatever the number is of what we sell, and that's it. So it's a very fixed uh, model for them. They know exactly what's going to be coming out. And if we don't deliver, it doesn't cost them anything. Yeah, Opportunity cost, but it doesn't cost them. They're not paying a salesperson $100,000 a year who doesn't deliver.
0: Yeah. So now when – like what happens if that company gets too big?
1: So it depends. Some companies stick with the rep model, and and Mm. we we hope that all the manufacturers (laughs) that we represent do. Uh, You know, you get a big company like Tyco. Tyco's a huge company. Yeah. Just just recently acquired or merged with Johnson Controls. Huge company. Multi-billion dollar business. And they still use reps. Oh, wow. Uh, So uh, Axis is one of the biggest camera companies. They don't use reps, right? Yeah. So uh, it all depends on the company and and what their mindset is and and how they want to go to market. Uh, We like to think that a manufacturer's rep gives you the most bang for your buck because you're paying us as a firm – only what do you sell, only what we sell, and it probably costs you about as much as it would cost to have one salesperson, but I'm putting at least two people and and a marketing person on the street helping build your brand yeah. so it's a lower cost for you with more feet on the street.
0: Mm, that's smart and you and that just you kind of fell into that after college or
1: yeah, so you know, I worked for a manufacturer, worked for a couple of manufacturers, mm-hmm. and then ended up working for a rep firm. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was an introduction from a guy I knew who was a VP of sales at a manufacturer. (laughs) He was interested in having this firm, ID Sales, represent them in the New York, New Jersey metro market, Mm -hmm. but they needed somebody that was a little more technically competent. Uh, So that's how I got introduced to them. I -hmm. I became their sales engineer. So I was handling all the technical sales, quoting, demos, things like that. But these guys had huge relationships. I mean, they knew everybody in the industry. Yeah. They knew everybody and everybody's father and everybody yeah. that they worked. I mean, yep. they really had the the, they have the. power. They had the power. They had the key to the city, as Ivan likes to say. Uh, they knew everybody. So mm-hmm. they brought me along. I tried to bring them along technically. They brought me along relationship wise. And, mm-hmm. and we had a really, you know, had a really good deal. So that's kind of how it started. And I like that job. I like being in the field. I like doing demos. I mm-hmm. like meeting with customers. I'm not a nine to five office guy it's just yeah. not what i like to do so the rep firm gives me that that freedom to to be able to travel to be able to go see clients and
0: yeah um, damn that's pretty crazy you just and then you just said you know i'm going out on my own and this is what i'm gonna do
1: yeah so when i i i worked for a big company decided mm, you know this isn't for me mm-hmm. uh just got promoted to a job that was boring in my opinion they just kind of sat at my desk and did sales forecasts, yeah and, you know just wasn't I wasn't excited by the job anymore. It was a great company. They, they paid me well, all that. Uh, but I was just doing something that I wasn't really excited about. No, absolutely. Uh, so once I got everything together and decided, okay, I'm going to take this leap, mm-hmm. I was fortunate that uh, that Ivan wanted to join me. And, and he's he's really been a big help in, in, in getting it started. And he's been a mentor and uh, trying, to, trying to help him go out on top. He's got three, <laughs> or five, three to five more years he wants to work, and then he wants to retire. So I'm hoping he can go out on top. Good shit, man. Now when you represent these companies like
0: are you going to their headquarters wherever it may be you're like how does that so you're working for that company like how does the training process begin start begin and like like I said the tri-state area I know you're working on some pretty crazy stuff right now and feel free to share um
1: but, like, how do, how do you become an expert on their product? Okay. So each manufacturer does it a little differently. Most of them do have, because they have to train integrators, right? So mm-hmm. so the, the kind of sales that we do, we sell through the channel, right? Mm-hmm. So the manufacturer to a distributor typically, mm-hmm. to an integrator like Nerds, mm-hmm. and ultimately to the end user, right? So that's that's the typical channel sale for us. Mm-hmm. So most of the manufacturers have a fairly organized training program in order to be able to train – the integrator partners, the guys who are actually going to install the stuff. Yeah. So we'll go to those. Um, I like to work directly with the manufacturer as much as possible. So mm-hmm. if I can go to their corporate headquarters, you know, I represent a company called Isonis out of Boulder, Colorado. Mm-hmm. So spend yep. some time out there with those folks. Sick company, by the way. Yeah, great product, uh, all-IP-based access control solution. These guys own the patents to the all-in-one reader controller. It's a really uh, exciting, up-and-coming company yeah. that we're, uh, we're happy to represent. What it, for people that aren't or don't know what it is. Sure. So, uh, I saw this as an access control solution. So, if you've ever had to get into your building and you use a little card or a little swipe or something to get into the building, that's access control. So, what these guys do that's different than the traditional products that are out on the market is all of the intelligence is in the reader. So, in that little yeah. box that's attached to the door, that's where all the intelligence lies. So, the advantage to that is it's all network-based. So for an installer like nerds, you guys just pull a cat five cable to the door Mm -hmm. that plugs directly into the back of this reader controller. And Mm -hmm. then there's a little, what we call a breakout cable or a pigtail cable where all of the other hardware at the door gets wired in. So it makes the installation of the system much simpler and it's pushing along with everything else in the security industry to the internet of things. Everything is going on your network. So the more it savvy companies like nerds, Mm -hmm. they have an ability to deploy these products much more easily. Uh, Less labor costs, less cabling, and still get all the features, if not more, uh, from the from the software
0: product. Yeah, I think one of the coolest things about that too is the fact that you could just pull logs. You know, who was here, who was here, and the stuff that they're doing with those little reader controllers. You know, it's on your phone. It's it's a keypad now. It's a key fob, or um, well, you know, it's a it's a touch digit thing, whatever it is. The the fact that they have the, all these solutions, and then you can't even hack it. It's crazy.
1: Yeah. So it's all secured. It's AES-256-bit encrypted, so all the data that's on there is encrypted. And I'm sure there's some brilliant guys out there that if they they got their hands on it, would be able to figure it out, just like anything else. But it's as secure as any commercially sold product can be. Uh, these guys take really great pride in, in protecting people's data and their information. Uh, we've built in some some hardware tampering type mm-hmm. things into the devices, so it has a gyroscopic tamper, for example. So if somebody were to try to rip it off, oh, the that's wall, pretty cool. I don't know that. I can have that trigger, and I can inform somebody that hey, somebody's tampering with your device. Mm-hmm. You know, we have a we have a device called the EDK, which isolates a relay on that reader controller, so that if somebody were to rip the reader off the wall. And try to jumper the power to the yeah, lock yeah. from that Cat Five cable. You know they wouldn't be able to do it because the uh, the lock is waiting. The, the EDK is waiting to send that AES two fifty six bit encrypted signal before it releases the lock. So gives you that extra level of security, of course. Uh, so these guys have really thought of a of a lot of a lot of potential concerns that people mm-hmm. might have with going to an IP based access control solution. And we're we're growing the business. We're probably. Hundred and eleven percent year over year since we took over the line. So, it's Holy uh, crap! It's been uh, that's it's, it's huge, been, man. It's been a pretty good run. It's that's awesome, run.
0: man. Yeah. So now, how did you now how did you link up with that company? Like, how do you go shop like shopping and meet that company?
1: Sure. So in this instance, I was lucky. I happened to have worked with the executive vice president, a guy by the name of Rob Leidic. I had worked with him at another company. He was a manufacturers mm-hmm. rep, and I was a manufacturers rep, and we both represented the same product. So mm-hmm. we had we kind of had a background. Uh, from that from that time that we represented the same product, and then he started working with my friend Monique, and the, Monique uh, owns a company called Infusion Direct Marketing. She's probably somebody you should get on the show. She's more interesting than me, <laughs> definitely more interesting than me. But she owns a uh, a boutique PR firm, okay, and. They met at a trade show. Mm-hmm. Same thing. She was out there looking for looking for work, looking for opportunities. So she met uh, Rob at a trade show and started doing their PR and their marketing. Mm-hmm. And when I decided to start the rep firm, and her and I started talking, she asked me if I knew Rob, and I did. Mm-hmm. So got him on the phone. We started talking, and uh, he decided to make a change with the existing representation that he had, and they hired us, and here we are. But that's a kind of an exception to the rule. You know, yeah. we already have that kind of baked in relationship. Most of the time, it's it's going to the trade shows. It's Mm-hmm. handing out business cards yeah. shaking hands kissing babies you know trying, to, trying to you know trying to trying to find an opportunity and, and building relationships you know i've been lucky that i said geez it's been 18 years already that i've been in the security industry yeah. so we've been able to build a pretty good network of of folks and yeah. sometimes they recommend us which is great we always appreciate that and i get a phone call from a manufacturer mm-hmm. saying hey some we were looking and somebody said to call you and that's always it always makes you feel good and,
0: yeah absolutely so yeah, yeah, great. it's a, it's definitely a super cool product, and I know that you've you've on that uh, that drone. Uh, you, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was deep when we when we start talking yeah. about
1: that. There's you know there's crazy things in the security industry, and and one of the biggest, one of the hottest hot button issues, I guess, in security is is drones, right? So yeah. you'd be shocked. I mean, if you read the paper, you'll see tons of events where where drones are becoming a potential hazard, right? So yeah. there was a there was a drone that crash landed at. Uh, at the tennis at Arthur Ashe Tennis Stadium at mm-hmm. the U.S. Open, um, there was a drone that crashed in front of Angela Merkel in in Germany when she was giving a speech. Right. Mm-hmm. So now, fortunately, these were probably just hobbyists who
0: just were trying around. to film something and, yeah. and
1: got too close or lost control of the device. And, and luckily, it wasn't wasn't done maliciously. But the potential for that kind of thing to be used ma- maliciously is 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 pretty big. So I represent a company called D Drone. Mm-hmm which is based at a uh, German company with corporate offices in uh, in San Francisco. And they make a software called Drone Tracker, which allows you to monitor your airspace using RF. So we could put a couple RF of... RF an- is radio frequency. Radio frequency, yes, sir. So we put a couple of these antennas, depending on the size of your facility, will determine mm-hmm. the number of antennas that are needed, and we can get a, a, a dome of coverage around your facility where I can be detecting drones to a half mile out. Yeah.
0: Now, what about GPS drones, though?
1: Uh, so... There's all different kinds of, uh, yeah. of drones that are out there. In here no, that's it. right. There's all different kinds of drone technology that's out there, and it's it's an emerging field. Mm. So as Things become more popular. There'll be more uh, tools put in place. Uh, they offer a, a, a multi-sensor unit that can det- that detects noise, that can pull Wi-Fi, oh, that can Jesus. clip the uh, – we could potentially clip the video signal from the camera so I can tell you what the pilot is looking at. Mm. Uh, I could triangulate the location of the pilot. So there's a couple of different things that, that we can do. Uh, but the, the industry is very, very young, particularly mm-hmm. in the States here. Um, two major organizations that are kind of involved – in this, or the FAA and the FCC, yeah, and they both kind of think they should be in charge yeah. over over these devices. Yeah. FAA, you can curse be- by the way. Okay, <laughs> the, <laughs> the FAA because it's an aircraft, <laughs> and the FCC because it's radio control. Yeah. so they both kind of are in a dick measuring contest to see yeah. who should be in charge of these things. And <laughs> it's all about the money. Yeah, and and it'll you know it'll start to hash itself out. Unfortunately, what tends to happen is that we always wait for an event to happen where somebody gets hurt before anybody actually puts in some real action yeah, to solve steps any of these up things. To the plate. exactly so hopefully that won't be the case uh, we're working with some clients you know that have systems um uh, I can't name anybody specifically but uh we have a prison mm-hmm. where we've put the system in place uh here on long island and think about that right so if somebody buys a Two hundred dollar, three hundred dollar drone. They put drugs. They put a gun. You don't they even. Put do. a yeah, cell phone. you could get
0: them even cheaper now. I mean,
1: anything, right? So yeah, so it's super cheap device. Mm-hmm. They attach some sort of contraband, be it drugs, be it a gun, be it a weapon. whatever. Yeah, so many. Fly things. it over the wall, drop it in the yard, and somebody goes and picks it up in the morning. So that's a that's a problem. Yeah. So for <laughs> that's a problem. That's a problem. <laughs> so the prison in this instance, you know, they know the things coming from a half mile out. Mm-hmm. So in their in their case, it's very simple. They hit the lockdown button. Yeah, it's all good. Don't rattled the whole brain. Uh, <laughs> it's a new table, guys. That's why you, you might hear some background noise. Still in work in progress. All right. So they lock down the facility, and if they, somebody drops something in the yard, they go and pick it up. They take a shotgun and shoot it down. They, you know, they do what they have to do to mitigate that risk, but yeah. they can they can prevent that contraband from getting into the population. So that's yeah. a big deal. We have a system running at a, at a very major sports stadium here mm-hmm. in New York. Uh, it's been running for a little over mm-hmm. a year. And again, same thing. They're they're getting detection from up to a half mile out, and they get a report. So they basically run a report every month, and it says, you know, you've had 59 drones in your airspace this month, and this drone has appeared six times. Yeah. Okay, why? Why is that drone here six times? So now I want to know when that drone is in my airspace. So now I can tag that device, and as soon as the system detects it, I can send an email, light a light, ring a bell, whatever I need to do to notify somebody that this is now in the airspace. Uh, This particular location is fortunate that they have an nypd police precinct right in their facilities so mm-hmm. they notify them immediately and yeah. then it's now the police to uh job yeah. to figure out what what they want to do with this potential risk mm-hmm. now again 99.9 times out of 100 it's a hobbyist with a camera yeah viewing things
0: and now them. it's so easy to get the ca- to get a drone and correct the hobbyist it, it could be just an enthusiast you know let me get a little drone exactly. oh it's going to take 4k video let me hover it over the sports game like you're not de- the person's not doing anything maliciously sure. but how easy would it be to to put a like a weapon in there or something of that nature absolutely
1: and that's the fear right so we don't want to be fear mongers right but the potential is there for it to be a problem let's put a system in place that helps us detect it before it becomes a real challenge Just for anybody who wants to know why there was a gap there, the lights went out. We were sitting here in the dark. Yeah. I share a light switch with
0: somebody, <laughs> and they don't realize sometimes. But that's cool. Um, yeah, that just that potential alone of having something that could be dropped in the stadium, a weapon or um, an IED or whatever it may be. Um, I remember uh, years ago, I think at this point now, when Jones, drones had really just become popular and a kid attached a pistol to the drone and and it was just like his it was just a backyard experiment he was just like i wonder if i could do this and like am i against it no like that's what engineers do like they're just like hey you know can i do this yeah why like that's how some of the cool shit in the world has been built is just can this be done let's just figure it out and this this kid was like hey look i can i can strap a gun to and he built the drone and made it fire whatever it was and it was like that was, that's super cool that you can do that, but it's absolutely terrifying the fact that that is going to be the next level of technology
1: absolutely it's a it's a frightening thought again we we, we don't try to be fear mongers right but these are realities unfortunately now mm-hmm. of the world that we live in that these things are possible so while, it's always a cat and mouse game, right? So there's smart guys like that that figure out how to put a gun on a drone, mm-hmm. and then there's smart guys like my guys at D-Drone who come up with software to be able to track this kind of stuff. And then there's even smarter guys elsewhere that are trying to, to defeat that. So you, yeah. you have this constant cat and mouse game. So we're talking to a company based out of uh, based out of Alabama mm-hmm. that makes a... Makes a drone, mm-hmm. and the purpose of this drone is to catch other drones, right? Yeah, I remember you telling me the Yeah, them about this. This is yeah so it's cool. crazy. So it's this gigantic drone, weighs like 55 pounds, which I believe is the, the F, uh, FAA limit for the size of a drone believe, mm-hmm. that you could legally build. So they built this big old 55 pound drone, and it's got a cannon on it, it's essentially a cannon. And it <laughs> fires a carbon fiber, looks like a grappling hook, right? It looks yeah. like, looks like um, Batman. And then it opens up,
0: mm-hmm.
1: casts a net, catches the, <laughs> the yeah. drone. Yanks it and then flies it to a safe location, right? Mm-hmm. Because the problem is, you have, the first thing everybody says to me is, well, can you, can you shoot it down? Well, you're not legally allowed to do that, right? Because yeah. the other problem is if you shoot it down and it has a payload and it lands on somebody, I mean, now you, you've kind of done the job for them, right? So yeah. so we're trying to come, yeah, we're trying <laughs> to come up with ways job. to stop yeah. that. We're trying to come up with ways to stop that, right, yeah. that are intelligent. So these, there's companies all over the place and they're developing new and exciting Technology out there, so that's part of my job yeah. as a rep. Is I go to these shows and I, I pull an hour, hour a day or so, and I walk the shows and I look in the little, the little ten by ten booths, you know, mm-hmm. the little small booths there that nobody, nobody goes to otherwise. And I go check them out and I try and find new technology, new things that that, yeah. uh, that we could represent, that we could help grow, mm-hmm. and that are complementary to the rest of the stuff we sell. So, like, I have this D drone product; it's awesome. They do this software; it's amazing. Well, now, how do I catch it? Right. So that's yeah. that's where the conversation would always tail off because. Oh, we could do all these wonderful things, and then somebody says, "Well, can you catch it? Can you shoot it down?" And then I start to drone on about the FAA and the FCC, and they're measuring oh. their dicks and talking about legalities <laughs> and blah blah, blah blah blah. And the conversation just literally trails off. So yeah. my hope is we partner with this company that makes this yeah, drone
0: catcher. Yeah, it's not going to be one one solution. Maybe you can offer a full solution, but it's it's multiple pieces sure. of different things that'll that'll be that one solution. That's right, and uh, that's
1: the best. That's the best bet when being a rep is being that connector, like finding all of those different pieces and pulling them together, mm-hmm. because that allows me to represent to you a complete yeah. solution. Right? What happens or what becomes challenging in the security space for a manufacturer's rep is we, the pendulum has started to swing back toward individual manufacturers wanting to provide an end-to-end solution. Which mm-hmm. I get it; it makes sense for them. They want it's to sell tough, each though. piece and component, right? Mm-hmm. For a rep, that's challenging because you can't have all of your eggs in one basket. Mm-hmm. Like in an ideal world, you'd have five lines that each did 20% of your revenue. I mean, yeah. that would be that's the perfect world, yeah. right? Because God forbid you lose any one of them, it doesn't put you out of business. Yeah. When you have a line and it's 90% of your revenue yeah. and they decide... They get a new vice president, and he decides, no, I'd rather have direct salespeople mm-hmm. and you go to business. I mean, so that's the risk. So for us, it's finding these complementary products, pulling them all together to make a solution. Mm-hmm. And our vendors and our integrators and our distribution partners kind of trust us to do that, and we give them – we kind of give them the whole thing, and we make sure everything works and talks nicely to each other before, yeah. before we sell it. <laughs>
0: yeah. the um, I remember seeing a video, too, online. It was, It was like a Facebook viral video, and it was – and they were training eagles to snatch I'm sure you I'm sure you've seen this or at least heard of it. The eagles were trained to snatch a drone out of the air and people were like this is like the best thing that we have like what, like what you can't stop an eagle for at least I mean to to some degree of or you know it's going to snatch it out of the air, bring it back to you for the most part, or at least bring it to the ground safely like
1: genius we're rehabilitating the uh, the falconry industry right so that was uh, that died in the 1800s and now all of a sudden falconry is like the hot new thing yeah you know it's like everything old becomes new right so there are guys out there that are training falcons to to smart to catch these drones in japan they're really focused on the on the robotic side so it's definitely the drone versus drone mm-hmm. kind of thing um which has become pretty like popular which Wars is good for me because i can't i can't sell falcons right so <laughs> Why not? Here, be, well I guess I could it'd be really hard to, to sell Falcons but I could sell I could sell another drone so uh, that's I'm kind of going with the robotic method too <laughs> but I, I had met with some guys uh, some NYPD counterterrorism uh Officers. Mm-hmm. And this, they actually have two full-time, or at least at the last time I, I spoke to them, there was two full-time guys on mm-hmm. NYPD Counterterrorism that, that deal with drones only. So yeah. that's how serious you know this thing is. Two full-time NYPD guys, they specialize in drones. Yeah. And this guy was telling me he went and looked up a product uh, out in England. They went to do some presentation. And I won't say the name of the product, but it was a basically a shoulder-fired cannon. Uh, I, I think I was telling you this. this. Yeah. So it was this basically so shoulder-fired cool. cannon, this gigantic cannon. And it fired a mortar. And the mortar exploded and casted a net. Yeah, and the net cannon it's got a parachute and it flies the, you know, flies the drone to the ground safely, right? So, officers telling me, drone comes flying by, he pulls the trigger, he misses. Another pass, drone comes by, takes the thing, boom, misses. Third time, drone comes by, boom, he fires, he catches it, he's yeah. all excited, right? Oh, I got yeah, it. Yeah, Look at yeah. this thing works. <laughs> he looks on the face of the the guy who manufactured the thing, and says, oh. I got it. You, know, you should be excited. He goes, mm. "Yeah, but it costs $10,000 every time you pull the trigger on that." Thing. Yeah. <laughs> so, basically a $30,000 demo. But the point is there's lots of companies out there that are trying innovative ways to to combat this problem. And and that's part of my job is to find those different companies mm. and put them all together. Damn. That's
0: crazy, man. That's, that's absolutely crazy. It's wild stuff. Drones. Who would have thought?
1: Uh, you know, it's it's like anything else, man. Technology technology is wild. It's usually it's invented with the best of intentions yeah. and, Well, not always.
0: Well, I'd like, i like to give people the benefit <laughs> of the doubt that,
1: yeah, most people aren't trying to, trying to end the world invented with good intentions, but ultimately people figure out ways to do dumb shit with it. And yeah, and, and that's the battle we fight every day, right? You want, you want cool stuff. Like I dig drones. I think it's fun. You know, yeah. I like to fly them. I like to operate them and you know, it's neat. Um, would I have ever thought that now this is going to become a weapon? No, of course not. Yeah. But it's it's incumbent upon us in the security industry to kind of keep our eye on these things and and hopefully prevent yeah. uh, a serious event from
0: yeah. There. Especially if you have a like a real I don't want to say well, that most facilities aren't real, but you have a super lockdown facility like a jail, like a maybe a data center or something like that, where you know if you could drop. A drone on a roof, or drop something on a roof, like a drone drops another drone. Okay, great. So now you have a drone on a roof that you know its only job is to cut the power wires or whatever it may be, or or blow a hole in the roof. What like the possibilities are endless just to gain access to the building or whatever it may be, or just to cause damage or fear, or whatever it is. The fact that and and this is stuff that we think about all the time in in the technology world and here at Nerds, not to maybe that degree, but you know what what does happen if. There's a data breach What does happen If somebody's just You know You have a disgruntled employee And they just Wipe the whole place Clear sure. You know It's it's possible I mean we see it I don't want to say We see it all the time But you know Somebody comes Somebody comes to us Hey you know I found you guys On the internet And I'm kind of in a pickle Because I had an employee And everything was set up The wrong way From the last IT guy And they literally They destroyed everything Sure Well now what Like Did you have a good backup Did you have You know Did they steal a laptop That wasn't encrypted Like that's And that's only a small business. Like, we're not talking about, you know, PSEG, LIPA. You know, you you hit the master switch to just, oh, we're going to set Long Island back to the Stone Age. (laughs) Boom. Like, that's a real threat that most people don't think about.
1: Absolutely. Critical infrastructure is huge. You know, we're we're doing our very best to help secure some of those facilities Mm -hmm. Uh, and and again it's incumbent upon us in the security industry to to work with these folks and and make them aware of of new technology that's out there they're out there doing their job every day so our job is to find what they need to do their job better and bring it to them because they you know they're they're simply too busy doing what they do so my job my firm's job is to go out and find that Mm -hmm. find that solution to the problem that they may have not realized that they have yet
0: now, do you sell or do you rep represent any drone drones?
1: I don't. Um, I would. <laughs> I just say how
0: ironic would this be? I
1: would. I mean, you know, it's wasn't Joe Dirt. You sell the you sell the firecrackers and you <laughs> and you put them up the frog's ass and you're a vet and you you know you get them on both ends. It's good biz. Um, yeah, listen, you know, like I said, the technology side, like I I would have no problem doing that because I don't I don't think that's irresponsible. I think yeah. I think when you're selling a a, a product. You're doing so with the expectation that people are doing the right thing, right? That's everything. Um, yeah, for the most part. I yeah, mean, for the most part. I mean, unless you're selling, you know, selling heroin on the streets, you know, people probably aren't doing the right thing with that. But the reality of it is, from what we're selling, we're selling yeah. a device. It's a, it's a, it's a toy. It's a tool, um, and you hope people are doing the right thing. So I don't sell anything, but it, it, I would. Mm-hmm. I would if some drone manufacturer yeah. came up to me and said, "Hey, you wanna you wanna sell drones?" I, I I wouldn't be opposed to it. And like I said, if I if I partner with this other company that I was telling you about, they make a drone that catches drones, right? Yeah. So I would I would absolutely represent that. There's other products too. There's a there's a company called Nightingale. Um, I shouldn't give them a plug because they don't they don't pay me any money. But there's this company called <laughs> Nightingale, and they make an autonomous drone as well. So you have these drones. They're in this cabinet uh they're pretty large size and they're they're spread throughout your facility like a campus Mm -hmm. and they do tours of your facility for you where they're videotaping oh that's really cool the owner of the company has a demo video that he that he has on youtube and uh he pulls up to his front gate they hit the button the drone takes off flies to the front gate shows you know videotapes who's coming in the door then turns around flies back to its charging station i mean it's pretty wild stuff so there's there's tons of use cases for this stuff and um it's an exciting part of the business to be in, mm-hmm. and hopefully it'll at some point become lucrative. <laughs> I mean, right, I right think now it's, it's already a, lucrative. Right now it's a lot of exciting conversations. It's the build up. Yeah, yeah. It's the build up. It's absolutely the build up. But we we, we think it's something that's it's going to get more and more important as time goes on, and we're yeah. trying to get on the forefront of it.
0: The um, I don't think people realize the the power of the drone um, to have, especially like Amazon's doing or Amazon's right at, right now in Europe is actually I think they're they're testing their their drone infrastructure as far as you know oh you have amazon prime we'll prime it to you in two hours now it's not you know it's not four hours it's not two days it's not a day it's it's two or three hours and you know the the warehouse pops it out goes into a drone drone flies over whatever 10 20 30 miles drops lands on if i saw if i remember the video correctly they put out like a like a big a it's like a two by two a it's like a little roll up the drone recognizes up oh, there's the Amazon logo all right, let me you know let me land or let me hover like two two feet above it, drops the package up and away it goes, and totally cool with that, but the I mean I guess the one thing is people are freaking out about the violation of oh you know this is my personal space. well, when you buy the house, what do you actually own? do you own to the to the to space like what what (laughs) what are your air rights yeah well what are your air rights a lot of i think a lot of right now is like a hundred feet above your house anything uh, like that's as high up as you own and then you own i think like 30 feet under anything after that is so you're not dealing with this flat surface anymore you're dealing with a cube of space i mean i live over over in bayport on the water and the big one of the big controversial topics right now is you know if people are fishing technically on your property but they're allowed to because they're in the water they're on the water sure. they're not on the ground so they're actually not on your property and then it's a whole you know oh you know that's that's my area well not really because you only own the land you don't own the water that flows above it so it's a it's it's just a super controversial topic
1: there will be yeah and there'll be more and more legislation that'll come along so it's just like anything else right as soon as the politicians get involved so there'll be there'll be more legislation um, big companies like amazon because they have the ability to influence government decisions yeah. um they'll help steer legislation in their wa- in, in their favor yeah. and and it'll it'll happen i think it's a i think it's a ways out before you'll see any real critical mass mm-hmm. of anything being delivered via drone but it's i mean it's it seems bound to happen. From ev- from everything I've seen, everything I've read, the industry that I'm in, it just, it seems like too many large companies are getting involved or at least expressing interest in this. Mm. And once you get that big heavy weight like an Amazon or somebody like that with lobbyists and all this ability that they have to influence uh, lawmakers, they'll they'll start to get their way unless mm. someone... <laughs> so yeah. so you'll see this more and more and more. And it's, you know, it's like anything else. Again, right now it's a, it's fear, you know. People are nervous because it's an it's a new thing that they are yeah. not anticipating or, or haven't anticipated. It's different. People hate change. It's gonna happen. It's 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 gonna happen. And and you know what? It'll be fine. Yeah. Everybody yeah. everybody will get along fine. Like yeah. It'll, it'll, no, if they don't,
0: it's it's written in legislation at that <laughs> yeah. point. It's just it's crazy to think. You know, we're getting to an we're getting to a point in the world where you want something, it's immediate. There's no more. There will be almost no waiting at this point in the world. Like you need to pull reports for an Isonos, they're there. You need to track a drone, it's right there. You know, you can get notifications, right there. I mean, you want you want to know when somebody walks in the facility, you can get an email from it. You can get a text message from it. Like it's like there's so many things that are set up. You know, you want to be extra secure. Maybe somebody steals your your card. You know, now you can do facial recognition to some degrees. Absolutely. You know,
1: yeah, we, re- we represent a facial recognition company, actually. It's a company called FST Biometrics. Okay. So these guys are R&D out of Israel. Mm-hmm. Product was developed as, with the concept being of an easy pass for people, right? Okay. A, the founder of the company, General Farcash, he says that you know 99.9% of people are good, so why do we hassle everybody? So mm-hmm. the idea was, let's come up with a way, just like your you know TSA pre-check kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's do the background checks first. We'll confirm that these people are, are safe and they're the good, you know, they're the good ones and let's speed them through the process of, of entering the country. So it started as a border control solution, uh, but we're using your face. So the camera is a five megapixel camera and does what we call in motion identification or IMID. That's
0: it. Only five megapixel, five
1: megapixel camera. And I can detect you to a degree of a three and currently it's a three in 10,000, false accept rate. So it's, it's, Pretty, pretty darn accurate, yeah. uh, to be able to speed people through. And, and we we implement this as part of access control solutions as well. So this can either be a small standalone system, but in most applications, this is integrated to uh, a full-fledged access control system like mm-hmm. a, like an S2, like a Linnell, like a software house. Uh, for those that don't know, those are some major access control platforms that are out there. Um, Isonus, obviously, that I represent. So we integrate those two different platforms. So It can either be used to replace a traditional credential, like a a card that you'd have or a key fob or Mm -hmm. something like that, or in addition to. So we've done some pretty high-level R&D facilities in the pharma space that you need not only uh, a card, a Mm -hmm. PIN number, but also your face. And if all three of those things don't link up, you know that door doesn't open to get you to that specialty spot. So it can add a much higher level of security. And what the FST guys say is, you know, with – by using facial recognition or using biometrics, it's not what you carry or what you know. Mm-hmm. It's what you are. So you can't – hard to get your face. <laughs> it's hard, yeah. hard to change your face. You, know, you mm-hmm. really have to go out of your way versus – finding somebody's card in the parking lot and using that to gain access to a facility yeah. or uh, a PIN code that somebody tells somebody else and they use their PIN code and now you don't have any real way to track. You know, the PIN code is what opened the door, but you don't know whom pressed the button on that yeah. PIN code, right? So by combining or adding the biometrics, it significantly increases the overall security and gives you a much better uh, audit trail of, of what has actually
0: happened. Yeah, I was just uh, I was watching a webinar the other day for a company, and they do um, like time clock solutions, and I was like, oh, you know, this is pretty cool. Like, whatever, we all get what we all get with time clocks do, you know, you got for to sure. make sure your employees are in at a certain time, out at a certain time, whatever it may be. And uh, they're like, oh, the really cool part about our software, as opposed to another person's software, is you know you can download it on your phone. And I was like, all right, that's pretty cool, but you have to allow location on it. Mm. So you know if you if you're a general if you're a g c and everybody's supposed to be at the yard at nine o'clock and somebody's not showing up till nine thirty ten o'clock or even showing up till lunch because they punched in you know well you're screwed so now this thing says you know it'll say John punched in at i don't know one forty eight um knickerbocker way or whatever it may be okay great well that's not where the job site is, so let's First of all, is that a bar? Is that a restaurant? <laughs> is that is that his house? Is that a friend? Like wh- like why, why is he not there? And then it also gives you you know your accuracy is at low, medium, high, um, high meaning we know he's there, and low means you know he's probably in the general vicinity. Maybe you know all right if he's a little off off site and self service isn't that great. All right, so he's off site. He might just be he might be there, and it's just not that not that accurate. And I was like, wow, that's that's pretty interesting. And he goes, it's great for you know. You're, when you pay these people to be on site, you know you have an electrician, you have a carpenter, all these people, a GC. Hey, you know what? If I'm paying you, oh, I don't know, let's say a million dollars, I want to make sure that you know you allotted for five thousand hours or or hundred thousand hours or whatever it is worth of work. I'm actually getting that out of you, sure. and you're not screwing me, saying you know it's going to be thirty thousand hours worth of work, and it. It only takes you 15. Well, now, just because you quoted it at that point, why am I paying you if you're not actually doing that much work? Sure. So, and I was like, ah, you know, that's pretty cool. And they're like, no, it's especially for when you have these these super high end facilities. You're going to a government regulated facility, and it's not so much how much money am I paying you, it's, you know, if you're, you're a government-regulated facility, you have to be there at 8 o'clock and you have to be checked like checked in, gone through security, gone through the briefing, like your phone is left outside, like whatever. I, and I have a friend that's doing something similar, um, but he's like, I'm not even allowed to say where I'm working. He goes, I, once I get the facility, I have to take basically everything off, walk through scanners, the whole nine, and I'm there. And I don't have any access to the outside world until the job site's over and I leave the property. Mm-hmm. But you can... You can have those people. You know, I punched in at that time. Like, I have proof that I was there because if you're there late, like now you're getting into legal issues of True. people not being there at the right time. And I was like, Holy Christ, that's insane! That you you need to track to like that degree because if it's a government regulated facility and they have some serious stuff going on, they need to know every every little bit of information
1: sure and it doesn't even have to be that serious meaning like a highly regulated you know government facility but just just being able to manage vendors within a space is really challenging mm-hmm. so we represent a product called Offsite. that was actually a really good segue so we <laughs> we represent a product called Offsite vision that uh, does RFID tracking right mm-hmm. so what we did was we we developed a, a way to do vendor management and the guy that that's the president of the company a guy named Mark Eklund he's about six foot ten and he's brilliant guy (laughs) and we did this i can't say the name specifically but it's a very large convention center in new york Mm -hmm. city and they had to manage thousands of thousands of vendors every day Mm -hmm. and there was really no real streamlined method for them to do that so some vendors would fax in a list of the people that were coming in that day some Mm -hmm. would email a spreadsheet there was no there was no consistency right so ultimately what would happen is you'd get these long queues Waiting to get into the space, and it was a huge time waster. You had trucks lined up to do a convention, right? And yeah. fifty trucks waiting, to, waiting to get in the facility because they couldn't process the people fast people enough. fast enough, right? So the, we came up with a way. We provided them with a little, uh, little website. Any of their vendors that want to submit folks, they essentially just put in a little Excel spreadsheet CSV file, upload mm-hmm. it to that. It gives all the names, the email address, company name. You know, very very simple form. When that person shows up, they have a little scanner that scans their license, and they get a little uh, a Tyvek, I think it's called, plastic type bracelet, mm-hmm. kind of like a bracelet you get at a nightclub, except yeah. it's got a little it's got a little piece of metal foil in it, mm-hmm. and that metal foil is read by RFID readers, mm-hmm. so they're able to open turnstiles and there's RFID antennas in multiple places throughout the facility. Oh, so not shit. only can That's I crazy. so not only can I use it as a visitor management or entry point where I can I can log that you've been there, mm. at any given time, the more radios I have, I can tell exactly where you are in the building. Yeah. So not only do I know where <laughs> that you got there and that you left, I can also track you within the facility. And why would I want to do that? The biggest reason, you know, people always say, "Oh, you tracking people." It's a challenge. The biggest reason that you want to know that is, God forbid, the building needs to be evacuated. Mm -hmm. So in an emergency evac situation, the biggest thing is keeping track of all the people. Mm -hmm. If building burns burns down, listen, you got insurance for that. People's lives are what we're trying to save, right? So if I can build a system that tells me, you know, we had 2,800 vendors that nobody knows who they are because it's a different person every day, right? Mm -hmm. I had 2,800 vendors in here, and we had a fire alarm pull, and I can go and press a button, and I could know that two thousand seven hundred and ninety-eight of them are out of the building. Yeah, I know I have two people left in the building. Mm-hmm. Well, you know that's important information. Now, if I know where they are, I can give that information to first responders, Absolutely. and hopefully, they can go help those folks because maybe there's a problem. Yeah, right? especially
0: because so, it's not going to fail immediately; it'll go until failure. Exactly right.
1: Exactly right. So the the hope is we're doing a better job of protecting people inside facilities and and that's a really good tool so on one hand it saved them a lot of money and time in being able to process visitors mm-hmm. on the other hand they could now leverage this in an emergency situation to be able to ensure that all the folks get evac god forbid there's a there's an event so this is the kind of stuff that we 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 try to work on and and yeah it's it's big it's you know it's not cheap but when you have one event you'll wish this stuff was deployed, you know, you'll you'll wish you had it. And, and, and that's, that's the biggest thing that drives me crazy is, you know, we present these solutions to folks and I get it. Everything's expensive and people have budgets and, but the reality is people wait until something bad happens before they look to this stuff. And, and what we try to encourage them is we try to get them to understand what the potential risks are Mm -hmm. so that they can hopefully be a little bit more proactive and hopefully prevent uh, the loss of life or, or the loss of property or whatever the case may be, depending on the product.
0: Yeah. So. Damn, I would never even guess that it, it could be used for that. Yeah, absolutely. The um, It's it's just to be able to, and I hate when people say, oh, you know, the government's tracking me. I'm like, wouldn't you rather have somebody track you than nobody? Like, yeah, if you go, go incognito, I lost my phone the other night, and I'm like, shit, where's my phone? And... So often I see people, you know, they're like, "Oh, you know, I don't have find my iPhone on," and I'm like, "Well, that's dumb. <laughs> this is like a, this is a thousand fucking dollars. Yeah. <laughs> like, why would you not have the ability to locate it almost sure. to like a three by three area sure.
1: available?" I I get it, you know, I when you do this free, it's free. When you do this long enough, like you, you start to see both sides of the equation, right? You see the technology and you see it for its benefits and all the good things it does. And then you, you, you see the side where, mm, yeah, sometimes it can make you uncomfortable, but I think for the average person who's doing the right thing, who's not a criminalist, who doesn't have much to hide, you know, I don't know that there's much risk. I don't think that the, the NSA is really interested in me talking to you on my, you know, over texting and and listening to what we're talking about on a, on a phone call. I, I, I don't, I'd like to think that they don't. Right. Right. So for the most part, technology is is more often than not. It's your friend Mm -hmm. and just use it smart. But everybody, everybody that says that too has a Facebook profile and and an Instagram Mm -hmm. and I mean, you're doing the profiling for for, for the bad people yep. that you're talking about. Yep. You know, you're tagging you and your friends and everybody in the pictures. I mean, you don't think that there's any sort of intelligence there or any sort of reason behind some of that yep. stuff. You While it all... So, so somebody once told me that if you don't pay for a product, then you're the product. So if you're getting something for free, you're what's being sold, yeah. right? So, you know... I get Facebook for free. I, you know, I have an Instagram account for free. But what is the pro- actual product? Is me. Now they're mm. selling Other shit my me, likenesses, or, or or advertising to me, mm-hmm. or selling my information, or whatever they're doing with it. Right. Yeah. So, so I always thought that was funny. That if something was, f- if the product you're using is free, then you're the product. We try not to represent any companies that we think have malintent. <laughs> we certainly wouldn't represent any companies Absolutely. that we thought had malintent. But uh, yeah, it's like it's the same thing with the drones. It, it's technology and it could be used for good and it could be used for bad and we try and use it for good and stop the people that want to use it for bad
0: no i agree i agree i actually it's funny you say because i used to um back before i had started nerds when i was still like i was still a computer guru and um my buddy was like uh you know how hard do you think it is to find people and i'm like well let's let's find out like i'm pretty internet savvy you know let's you know, he's like, oh, you know, there's a party going on. I don't know where the party is. I was like, all right, let's tr- let's try to find the party. Like, <laughs> I'm not gonna go. I just want to. Like, how long does it take me from knowing that there's a party to locating it and what the address is and go and physically being in front of the house to prove that there's a party? Hmm. So uh, he's like, no way, no way. I'm like, I, I know enough. I can figure out the internet pretty quick to to <laughs> to generally get to I think where I need to go. So I was like, do you have an- the only thing I really need is like a name. Or even just a general idea of what the person looks like and who they're affiliated with. And it's like, well I don't really know the person, but I know who they're affiliated with. Okay, great. Let's start there. And I just devise this whole plan of, you know, like, alright, if this person's affiliated with my friend, let me go through all her all their Facebook photos. You know, alright, boom boom boom. Oh, that's the girl. Okay, great. Now I have now I have a name. Great. So now that now there's a name. Alright, so what what district are they from? What school district? Everybody puts their fucking high school district down there. Sure. Chances are you probably live in there. Still, so all right, you know, especially on Long Island, yeah. And I am going to use the exact. Well, I am not going to say any names or anything like that, but I am going to use a general idea of like you know the one that we had. You know, all right, so it was in it was in Patrick Medford. I am like, all right, so it's a pretty big area. It's going to be maybe a little harder. I am like, all right, so I have a name. Okay, so who else are they affiliated with? You know, and let me see if I can see. Does she is she public or is she private? Oh, she's she's public. So now let me see if I could find any houses. You know, with house numbers there you know okay so if it's a higher house number maybe there's only a couple maybe there's only a dozen streets that have those house numbers okay all right so she, maybe she lives down the, around this area I'm like you know what even better now her parents have facebooks she's in a photo with mom and dad mom and dad own the house where can i go there's a there was a website called white pages there still is but now you have to pay for it hop on white pages boom dial in their information you know they they look like they're 45 maybe 50 years old boom they live at xyz address i'm like let's just test it let's just see if the party's there sure as shit (laughs) fucking 20 minutes and i could find out where she lived yeah on no i didn't even wasn't even friends the girl had no idea that we had rolled past the house other than the fact that he was like oh you know i found your house by the way just like we're just doing a social experiment and i was like just because of social media I was able to locate all of this and now I have now I have affiliates. Now I can say, Oh, you know, I'm friends with so and so and so and so. I heard there's a party. Like if I let's just say I want to be the kid that just wanted to get invited to the party and not even do anything <laughs> malicious. Oh, I'm friends with this person, this person, this person. Oh, you don't remember? Oh my god, we went that we went that middle school together, you know. Oh, you know, you live in this part of the part of the area, you probably went to this middle school and I transferred away, I went to Bayport. Like, holy shit, I can't believe we reconnected. Like It's just so
1: fucking easy. Technology makes being a creep easy. See, that's the thing. It's it's, this plus and minuses every time, right? So everybody uses social media, and it's great to keep in touch with folks and keep in touch with your friends and people that are out of town and your family that you 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 don't go see because they're out of town. But I could use it to be a creep. You know, I was just like, it makes makes things
0: easier, right? I don't care, but like, let's just see how long it would take me to get there.
1: Yeah, highly interconnected world. And even in a in a place like Long Island that has millions of folks, I mm-hmm. mean there's there's enough touch points there where you can you can gather up that data. Hell, hell, I used that basic same methodology to duck an ex-girlfriend for like mm-hmm. 2 years cuz yeah. <laughs> she posted everywhere she was, so I knew every place not to oh go to not run into her. So, you know, it's a uh, it works it works for good as well.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it does. But actually there was oh, I was just talking to somebody too about a social uh social media a software that that analyzes your social media okay. and there, there's two main ones one was for um mainly for sales because obviously we're both in sales and sure. i forget the name of it but if you google it it comes right up and mm-hmm. and you can you basically deploy it somehow and if they're public it'll analyze all their shit that they've really? that they've said and it'll give you a general idea of a disk profile i don't know if you're familiar with the no, profile. no 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 so you have disc um d is like dominant i is i is like a talker very outgoing um the an S is more secluded, but still enjoys talking, but doesn't enjoy change. And then in C is a um, critically analytical person. So like you, so it's like a, it's a quadrant, and you you know everybody falls into one chunk of it. And there's tests and stuff like that. But it would analyze your social media and say, you know, this person is a high D with some C in them. Okay, so that means, you know, if they're very dominant, they are a quick decision maker, they'll pull the tr- they will, they'll pull the trigger, no pun intended, quickly. And then, you know, they also like to look at the facts and say, you know, all right, you know, these are the facts I need. Boom, I can make my decision good to go. Okay. Whatever it is. And then there was another one that would scan your social media and be able to forecast what you were going to post. Really? So you could either you know, it could it could predict things that you were going to generally post about, things, and I don't know too much about it because I really didn't dive too deep into it because I'm like, that's like creep level 9,000. <laughs> but I'm, my sick fucking mind is like, you want to go meet somebody. You want to go meet a prospect, you know, whatever it is, and and their their social media is open. You know, how hard is it to type somebody's name in? You get somebody's name, you run the scanner on their profile, and now before you even talk to the person... Because a lot of it's matching, people buy from people they like. You can match their personality, and now you're just one step closer to getting that sale, getting that relationship going.
1: Uh, it's profiling, right? Yeah, so, yeah, to the next level. You know, there's there's obviously a negative connotation with profiling as well, but it works. You know, organizations use it because it works, right? All the the time. FBI uses it because it works. The mm-hmm. uh, the Mossad uses it because it works, right? <laughs> it's an effective tool. That's the most fascinating part I think about that because people think they're really unique everybody thinks they're really unique and special i think i think that's everybody's common mindset is that they're different than everybody else and the reality is if you throw enough people's information into a to a pot and you run it through a computer mm-hmm. it will like you said it'll predict <laughs> predict the next thing you're going to talk about it's 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 fascinating how accurate scarily accurate some of these technologies are did you see that thing i think it was facebook what facebook had developed this ai and had these two AI systems running and ultimately they began talking to each other they created their own yes. language so they created their own language I heard about it language. I don't know too much about it I don't know that much about it either and I know Joe Rogan had talked about it on his mm-hmm. podcast but basically, these two AI computers started communicating to themselves in to each other in their own language that the mm-hmm. programmers didn't write. Mm. Like that's the scary thing. That's the yeah. They've the learned tea, it so fast. You know, that's the Terminator, you know, <laughs> Skynet, yep. you know, coming a real coming to real life where the the intelligence that's being developed or, or the technology that's being developed today, where it's becoming. Smarter than the programmers, or it's it's learning things that the programmers don't know is mm-hmm. wild. That's wildly fascinating. You know, I'm not a, I don't know that I'm I'm pro transhumanism, but the idea that the machines are going to be smarter or, or or almost smarter than well, they're smarter than most of us already. But <laughs> the, yeah. the what is, what's George Collins' joke that imagine how dumb the average person is, and then 50 percent of the people are dumber than that. I think <laughs> I, I think that. The computers are already smarter than at least half the folks, and and that is the next thing, and that's going to get in our industry probably faster than most. Yeah, you know that uh, that intelligence being applied to security applications, and it's I, it's fascinating. I, I wish I was smart enough to really sit down and understand it at a at a greater depth, mm-hmm. but. That Facebook thing was wild, where they just basically were like, you know, we're just going to unplug these two computers because we don't really know <laughs> what's going to happen. We don't know what they're saying to each other, and it's kind of creepy, so they just, like, <laughs> yanked the program.
0: That's wild. insane. I heard about it. I didn't know that. I knew that they were communicating so fast that they ended up developing their own language, but I didn't know I didn't know that they, like, pulled them or whatever. I don't know what happened yeah. after that. Um, yeah, from
1: what I understood, they pulled it because the, the programmers couldn't figure out what they were saying to each other, and they were clearly communicating in an effective way, mm-hmm. but... Somebody got creeped out and said, mm, maybe we should pump the brakes on this thing. Well, that's good. Well. <laughs> um,
0: there was another one. I forget. and I was, I was listening to somebody else's podcast. And it was, you know, if, if we did create artificial intelligence, how fast would it learn? And I, f- I think it was like 100,000 times faster than humans it can learn. Oh, I believe that. And it was like, you know, in one day it'll jump, you know, like 2,000 years of knowledge. If you can just give – if it was a supercomputer and could just consume all the knowledge – it would learn twenty thousand years worth worth of stuff in like a week, and it was That's like crazy. you know, if you, if you built this robot, and I think they were using it for military applications, if I recall correctly, sure. and it was like you know, if it if it got shot a couple times, it would realize where it was getting shot and figure out how to maneuver around. Like, you know, okay, you know, you're shooting at the center mass. Sure. What if I moved the center mass and only allowed limbs to be at? Whatever it was, it was just all of this crazy stuff. And it was, you know... It's fascinating. If, if it was given a task, how fast would it get it done? And then I think it was it was military and it was like, it was something with space and it was, you know, if we could dump all the records we ever had for star systems and then it could analyze the the star systems that we have currently visible too, you know, can it predict... You know, incoming asteroids. Is it seeing something that we can't see because mm-hmm. it's analyzing so fast? And you know, every every day that goes by, it's just okay. You know, what do we have? Well, now what do we have? Well, now like nobody's looking at that to see the minor changes, sure. but that's something it can Sure. in I mean, unbelievable speed.
1: I mean, it's to me that's the most fascinating thing that's going on right now is AI and and, and the the rapid pace in which this stuff gets developed and it's super scary if you're like me and you're too dumb to understand it and you know you're not going to be the one that's going to be able to program or stop these out of control robots once it happens it's got to be incredible if you're the guy who guy or gal that's actually writing this stuff Mm -hmm. though maybe it's scarier for them maybe it's scarier for them because they because they think they know it Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden the two machines start talking to each (laughs) other in a language that they don't understand and they go oh shit Maybe maybe I don't know this as well as I thought I did. You know, you get a bunch of geeks over at MIT. We're only so, yeah, we're only so smart. Yeah, <laughs> you get a bunch of geeks at MIT, and they they build something that goes haywire. Uh, it's amazing.
0: It's amazing. The uh, yeah, technology is going to take over the world. The and I've, I, th- I think I've said this on uh, the podcast before, but they say you uh, know the 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 jobs and it always comes down to jobs. True. Who's going to work? And personally, the way I look at it is, why would anybody want to work? Sure. If you could just hang out and live in, out of my dream, is, you know, a, a Yeti full of beer <laughs> sitting in Puerto Rico, living the dream that's all ice cold and an unlimited amount of limes. Sure. Golden. But other people, you know, they're like, well, I, I'm going to lose my job. Well, well great. Like, <laughs> uh, I mean, as long as you can get by, like, once everything or majority of things are taken over by robots, Why do you need to work?
1: Well, I guess the problem is that before you get to that point where it's cool, there's a whole shit ton of chaos. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) that that's the part you got to figure out is is how do you survive? You know, do you just you dig yourself in a in a trench somewhere and and cover your head and hope for the best? There's that whole period of transition that is got to be pretty scary and 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 pretty chaotic. So yeah, I agree with you in the long term that it would be awesome if I had you know a bunch of robot butlers servicing servicing all my needs but how do I get past the part where now everybody's out of a job and pounding down the doors to take food from <laughs> to steal food and, but, but and robots, water because they don't have any money to, robots to pay grow for it. the food you, like I, I hope so but are they going to give it away for free see that's that's always my fear is, mm, is so, who, co- so who controls definitely. the technology right so if i'm apple or amazon and i'm not picking on them i'm just using those names because they're huge companies if apple's now the only place where you can get food well, Apple don't give phones away. I would assume if it got to that point, they wouldn't give food away either, right? They're a, they're a money making endeavor. Amazon's yeah. Amazon is not out here to 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 feed the masses. They're here to make money, right? So yeah. if these large and these are the companies that are going to be in charge, right? Mm-hmm. If if this type of technology takes over, so now you're stuck with dealing with a large enterprise that has control and and. If you don't have the resources to to buy what they're selling, you're mm, shit out of luck. I didn't even think about that. You're shit out of luck. Do you see Idiocracy? Do you ever see the movie Idiocracy? No. It's a you should watch it. So it's a uh it's a the guy who did Beavis and I guess it was the guy that did Beavis and Butt at I forget his name. Uh Mike Judge. Okay. Mike Judge movie. And it's uh I think it's incredibly relevant to our time right now. Essentially it's how dumb people get. People get dumber and dumber and dumber over time, mm. and how companies—you know—basically the only place to shop in the future in in, in, in this in this movie is uh, is like a gigantic Walmart. Like it's the only thing. It's one just a hundred oh, miles long. Hundred—that's that, the only place to shop. And the 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 people get to the point where they're watering their crops with Gatorade. Like Gatorade's the—you know—it's what plants want. You know that is the is the slogan, what? right? So they're basically watering plants with Gatorade, and ultimately a guy ends up. Getting a guy from our time hmm. or the current time, uh, you know, gets trapped in this, in this, um, like a time capsule and mm-hmm. he wakes up in the future. That's how he ends up there. Okay. And he's just like an average, everyday, you know, yeah. schmuck in his time. <laughs> but <laughs> because time has gone by so far and people have gotten dumber and dumber and dumber all the time, he's the smartest man in the world now. So he oh. wakes up as the smartest guy in the world. So ultimately, in this movie, he ends up, you know, saving the world by changing gatorade to water and they actually start growing crops again because people were starving to death right so it's a, it's a wild it's a, it's a wild movie you have to see this movie that's crazy yeah it, I like but, the idea. but the concept is the concept is hilarious and 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 really relevant you know you have you have the dumbest you know folks and all they do in this movie is is screw and make babies and then the smart people like don't they they're they're too smart to see. they say oh you know in this in these trying times to bring a baby into this world and they keep flashing back to these two mm-hmm. couples and these dumb idiots that you know too stupid and can't afford and, and and are just horrible horrible people make 15 20 babies mm-hmm. and the smart folks just start dying off because they stop making kids and that's that's kind of the the path that this movie takes and yeah. it, it, it pushes it out 200 years or something like that and now you have nothing but dumb folks and Big stupid buttons that people push and, you know, the yeah. doctors are dumb and everybody's dumb. And the smartest man in the world is just some average chump from from our time. Yeah, who, who <laughs> didn't. Who, who knows not to spray Gatorade on the crops to grow food. So, I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's a wild movie, but it, I find it very, very apropos to what's going on today. <laughs> yeah, nuts, man. So, check that one out. That's a Idiocracy. It's a Mike Judge flick.
0: Idiocracy. All right, I'll give it a look. And it's worthwhile. Is it on Netflix? uh probably
1: I would, right. I would venture a guess and say well there's another company that's going to take over the take over the world it's going to be like four companies left netflix is going to end up being one of them do
0: you think netflix
1: i, I don't know you, any of these big media companies are, are 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 scary because they they start to shape the mental landscape you know cuz they're able to pr- present this information to you right so mm-hmm. any of those companies are kind of scary to me and apple and amazon and all that but Yeah, you know, it'll it'll get down to five or six. Maybe it'll get down to five or six companies. I hope it doesn't, but that's that's what the future shows in idiocracy anyway. That there's like five companies left, and they control everything that you do. Hopefully, that won't be the case. That's crazy.
0: All right, brother man. I'm shortening the episodes a little bit, by the way. Yeah, that's all right. A little right. little sneak, a little, uh, I'm, I'm trying some different things out, so we're going to see where it goes. Awesome. Um, so how do people find you? How do they how do they find out about you? Okay. All that good jazz, whatever, you want to, whatever you're want. Whatever you comfortable sharing, all social right, so media. so here's, here's my pitch, company. so I get to do my sales pitch. Yeah, yeah. go for it.
1: So Think Reps, uh, we are always seeking manufacturers to partner with. We're sneak, seeking integrators that, that want to sell the products that we sell. Uh, we could be found at www.think reps.com so T-H-I-N-K-R-E-P-S dot com uh, just go there you'll see all my contact information is there my partner Ivan Freed uh, my friend Monique uh, Marriage, Mer- who is uh, the owner of Infusion Direct you can find her information there as well because we uh, we help some companies do some PR and some marketing as well so cool, uh, check us out
0: awesome awesome I love it guys and, uh, and that's it thank you alright man alright until next time awesome thank you peace brother what's up guys thank you so much for listening to the brutally honest podcast I'm your host uh, Harrison Barron and thank you so much to Adam for being on um, some quick things that I just wanted to go over if you enjoyed the show please subscribe it just helps get my numbers up the and it makes me feel good the, that's pretty much it. I mean, it doesn't really do anything else. Um, other than, you know, once when, when I have a higher profile person, they say, you know, how many downloads do you get? Easier, you know, the higher downloads, the more likely the person is to come on. So it is give me, gives me a little bit of a bargaining chip. With all that being said, you can go to the podcastcom revamp the website, go check it out. And under extras, you can go in for your chance to win a draft top, the ultimate beer drinking tool. Um, cuts the top off of a beer can. Uh, actually one of my guests, Sean Kelly Who I'm working on getting back on Developed it with his buddy Armand And it's just a really cool device it Cuts the top off the beer can There's no sharp edges And it converts it into a pint glass You know, if you take a V8 can And you want to convert it to Kind of like a little Bloody Mary it's, You just throw a shot of vodka in there And you could just maybe some, some fresh squeezed stuff And you're good to go You don't have to worry about trying to cram it all in that little mouth And you don't get the full aroma too Loses a lot of the uh, the ambiance. I think that's the right word. But super cool toy. Uh, toy Beer drinking device. Comes with a bottle opener on it. It's built really well. Taken to the beach, taken to parties. Um, at this point, I've opened hundreds of beer cans. Not for my own consumption, of course. Um, but just a really cool device. So huge thank you to the Draft hop. And... huge thank you to the nerds that care uh nerds that care came up a lot because we have worked hand in hand with adam and uh the product isonas and this isn't a blog for isonas at all um but it's it's really cool and as a technology provider like the nerds that care who are constantly working on coming out the, the coming up with solutions i should say for your your business this is this is like what's coming out this is what people are looking into it's Yes, it is. Is it backups? Absolutely for disaster disaster recovery. Is it is it encryption on different devices and making you compliant? Absolutely. Isonus kind of goes in hand, hand in hand with that. Some of these places want to know who's who's entering the facility, who's leaving the facility. You know, tracking people, making sure that there's restricted access for people if there's higher level areas to get into. It's something that we've used here at Nerds And last but not least, you know, making sure your employees are running efficiently is is tremendous um i don't think people understand that labor employees are your biggest asset and while they're there and you're spending money to make them efficient you have to make sure that they're running optimally and if they can't open a google page or they can't you know print or any of that stuff that's going to impede their work and that's when you need a company like nerds i care to come in Nobody can afford an IT person now You're spending 50 dollars dollars $70,000 a year For one person plus, plus benefits Plus all that other good jazz that's, that's costing the company a ton of money Where now you can have a third party IT company come in And they're handling all that You don't have to pay another another person And it's a group of people They're coming up with the best solutions It's not one person who only knows one way to do it You have a lot of great minds So thank you to the Nerds that Care for sponsoring the show and I really hope you guys uh, keep tuning in uh, Episode 50 was ridiculous I'm looking forward to another at least 50 plus episodes Couldn't couldn't do it without you guys And the outcomes of what's happening right now is, is ridiculous People are finding out about other people Just because of the show, because they've listened And honestly, that makes me feel so warm and fuzzy inside um, It's the coolest feeling when somebody says Hey, you know I know about X Y Z person, and I don't want to give anybody an extra plug, because I heard them on your show, and I listen to your show. Like, that's the coolest thing in the world, that I get to be the person that connects them through a, meet- a form that makes me feel good, and I get to enjoy it too. So, that's just some of the stuff that's, like, coming about. It's, it's fucking, it's just a cool shit. Anyway, thank you guys so much for tuning in, and until next time, peace!